Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. This is a bonus episode. My wife is joining me, and we're going to talk about uh, working from home and dealing with this COVID-19 situation. So, Elizabeth, how are you today? I'm doing all right. It's uh, Friday night, but it really could be any day of the week because we're sitting here at home <laughs> like Groundhog Day. Yeah. How many days have you been uh, working from home so far? My office closed down two weeks ago. Friday, around Friday at noon, they said they were closing the office. And I happened to just be working from home that day coincidentally. So I've been here a little over two weeks working from home. How do you feel it's been going? It's been going pretty well, actually. I've been I've been surprised. The company that I work for is doing a really good job trying to keep up a community, um, encouraging people to send pictures of their pets and uh, just share like funny anecdotes or pictures from the weekend of being at home. And we've been saying, you know, 10 years ago, this wouldn't have been possible. There's such good um, video chat capability and everyone has a laptop or we actually made sure everybody had a laptop when we saw that this was coming down the pipe. So I've been surprised how relatively seamless we've been able to make it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's, it's been going pretty good from what I could tell you have various, uh, like workspaces that you've been, you know, going to and fro. And I have a a little spot that I always go to. What, what do you, uh, how's this been going for you? Oh, for me, it's been, uh, basically about the same except your home. (laughs) So so, a little bit more of a, like some distraction for me, um, I have to figure out meal plans and figure out what to feed you during the day. (laughs) Sound like a child. (laughs) Yep. I have to come up with activities for you to do (laughs) and all, yeah, all the normal things that you would expect. So, yeah, I mean, I realized that, I I mean, I knew that I have maybe a weird lifestyle and I'm a little odd, odd, (laughs) I'm a little odd in general. But I mean, really, most of the time I'm by myself and I have some folks that I chat with on a regular basis on like Skype or I don't know what other, I guess I'm mostly on Skype, Skype and maybe a little Zoom, but essentially some video conferencing situation. So I'm in touch with people a few times a week which is just about enough for me <laughs> in general and via email. So it's not the same, but I'm, I'm just kind of used to it. There's one adjustment that you've had to make. The dog has been sleeping at my feet instead of at yours. Yeah. So normally Georgie, Georgie's like uh, tucked in under my desk. So she's laying on my feet. Oftentimes she dreams uh, and she's wiggling around on my feet and I feel her, uh, you know, her feet moving, maybe she's chasing a squirrel or a rabbit in her dream, uh, maybe some barks or a yelp. But yeah, now she's hanging out with, with you. <laughs> so that that stings. I'm not going to lie. That hurts a little bit. Just this week, I'll, uh, I'll turn around. I'll be looking for her. Doug started taking her into the room and shutting the door, which I can't go in there because he might be recording. So if the door is shut, I have to stay out. But he's, uh, yeah, he's taking the dog hostage. Yeah. And we used to use the system. I would put a sock on the door, but 
it, it didn't work as well. So <laughs> the old dorm room system. So yeah, I think, I think it's amazing that so many companies are having to figure out how to let people work from home. Like you said, 10 years ago, it would have been rough, but I mean, even at the beginning of our careers, like in the early 2000s, it was like just when high-speed internet was almost good enough to like work from home and we had escaped from dial-up. When did we start getting like high-speed internet? Like, do you, do you actually remember like the first time you got like cable internet? I don't, but I do. Rem- I mean, I do remember having dial-up. I can't remember the name of, I had like free dial-up. Oh, it was awful. It's like net zero or something like that. Yes, I had net zero. I had net zero. Yeah. And I I mean, I... And I just... and Well, so... Sorry to interrupt. But I just remember I went into work and I was working uh, like in front of a computer all day, every day. And so I was just like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to pay to have high speed at home because the last thing I want to do when I'm at home is sit in front of a computer. And so I would use net zero just in sort of like emergency situations. And yeah, I could still get away with it back then. I couldn't get away with that now. Yeah. And the bandwidth now for like video, I mean, we're like streaming HD on our um, TV and then using our phones. And I mean, our phones do more now than whatever computers we had like back in the day. Which have you, have you seen any problems with your video or whatever your normal work stuff with me being here and having another person on the computer all day? No, no. I I haven't. There may be what I have noticed is because I'm I'm having to do more calls with other people that don't normally do video calls. I'm noticing that other people have poor internet connections. We were lucky enough to be here in Longmont, Colorado, and it has like just fucking beautiful high-speed internet by the city. It's like part of the utility. I mean, you have to pay for it, but it's like one gig up, one gig down, and it's 50 bucks a month. It's amazing. It's really, really good. And it's it's fibered like to our, to our uh, apartment here, and it'll be at our house when we're moving. But basically... It's super fast. And I, I think with fiber, you don't get the the same bog down, at least with this pipeline. I don't know. I'm just throwing in buzzwords now, but I haven't noticed. I have noticed that a lot of people are new to video conferencing. So their, their video is a little lagging. Uh, maybe they're, a lot of times people have trouble choosing an audio source, which I think I was, I was bitching about that. <laughs> like to you, I was like, can these people just figure out how to pick the audio source. They're like, I think it's on your end, Doug. And I'm like, it's not on my end. I'm doing like all, I do calls all day long. You know, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that my microphone is selected properly. So anyway. Well, yeah, speaking of it, it's, this is the second week of, of video conferencing. And I, I was probably pretty horrible the first week because there was a lot of, what Doug's talking about. And so I'd be like, Hey, you're not on mute. Hey, we can't hear you. And just, I was just so frustrated uh, the first few days with sort of people having difficulty using the technology, but Hey, it only took, it only took a week or so. And and there's one person who shall remain nameless who just can't seem to get her audio right. But I think we've all just accepted it at this point that 
that we're not going to be able to hear. And I think you're right. I think she has the wrong audio source. I don't think she's picking headset. I think she's picking earphones. And so her audio is still, I, I don't know what she's doing, but nobody can hear. Anyway. All right. So what are we talking about? Yeah. So we will, we'll get around to it. I mean, the, the good thing is we have plenty of time and this is a bonus episode. So like, it's, this is just for us really. Cause this is fun, right? <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Friday night quarantine style. What we will eventually talk about is working from home and tips on working from home. So we're, we're kind of easing into it. Um, I do want to point out and maybe just a little um, tangent. There potentially are some good, you know, I don't know if we want to call it good, but there are some positive aspects of like this, I guess, uh, lockdown lifestyle or what are we calling it is shelter in place. Is that the actual shelter in place order? And that just rolled out here in Colorado like two days ago, but we were generally kind of trying to do that anyway. And I think we were thinking about maybe some positive stuff. And, and one thing is national parks, because we enjoy national parks and a lot of the very popular parks like Yellowstone or Rocky Mountain National Park or the Grand Tetons, they get very crowded in the summer to the point where there are like traffic jams and just a ton of people. And I was like, you know what, if the parks, th those parks that I mentioned are all closed right now, by the way, but if, or when they open up, there's a chance it'll be way fewer people and you could kind of enjoy the park without tons of tons of people. I see Elizabeth is making a face at me. You can't appreciate this, but what's going on over there? <laughs> I just, you've mentioned this uh, potential perk of the coronavirus like two or three times. And I don't know. I think it's a pretty, that's pretty weak. I think that's what my face is. It's pretty weak. Doug, since he works from home and he gets to choose like when he goes out and who he's around, doesn't like crowds. I, I just, I just think that's a pretty weak if if our best if the best thing that comes out of coronavirus is fewer crowds at a national park for like the month after they reopen that's that's pretty sad that's all what's one of yours then <laughs> i haven't been able to come up with one all right how about less pollution yeah you like that one too yeah there's less people on the roads traffic's a little less um and I, Did you, you even said earlier, global warming is over. You said this is going to go on for two or three months and then it's going to be like, hey, there's no more global warming. Well, I mean, we can't go back to what we were doing, but <laughs> I mean, surely there's some benefit to not having as many cars on the road. Okay. So one perk uh, or perk, that's such a bad word, but one potential unexpected positive side effect in the future, maybe people will be better about washing their hands and more hygienic in general. And so future flu seasons won't be as, as bad and, and other viruses won't propagate as quickly because everyone will just be a little bit more conscious and cautious about spreading germs. That could be a potential positive side effect. I was just chatting with my mom today and I told her I'm now washing my hands almost every time I go to the bathroom. And then my mom admitted that she hardly ever washes her hands. No, I'm just kidding. She washes her hands quite a lot. Okay. So 
we actually have a lot of insight on working from home because we both worked from home for for years before any of this happened and even before the technology was as good. So what's your experience working from home just so people know what an expert you are? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I like working from home. It's different. Um, And it takes, I think, a little bit getting used to. And I mean, you can Google it anywhere and you can find a list of, um, you know, top 10 tips or whatever. I think Hold on one second. Um, what's your experience working from home? Like you've done it for years. So just so the people understand that you've worked from home in the past. Oh, um, my experience working from home is that I have. Is that what you're, I don't understand the question. Oh, yeah. Okay. How many years have you worked from home? Can you explain the scope of that? Okay. Um So I don't think I've worked from home quite as long as Doug thinks I have. I was a consultant, and so I worked remotely. And when I wasn't traveling, I worked from home for several years. And then when we moved to Montana, I worked from home exclusively for about a year and a half, and then I got laid off. Is that good? Yeah, yeah. So at least a few years, and it spans... um Several decades, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A few years and several decades. We can just edit all that out. That's my experience working from home. Okay, I'll definitely note the time here so I can edit that. (laughs) (laughs) What's your experience working from home? Experience isn't the right word, I don't think. You meant what's your uh, tenure or I don't know. Something like that. Or yeah, just, well, for me, I, I worked from home while I was doing consulting as well um, for different periods, a lot of times it ended up being like, you know, 20% of the time. And I think starting in 2010, so nearly 10 years ago, I started working from home like intermittently and it grew and it grew until it was basically full-time working from home. And I think that was roughly maybe 2012 or 13. So at that point, even with my, with my full-time job, when I was doing consulting, I was, I was doing a a lot of working from home and Georgie is running around here. It's very, um, it's very distracting. I can't think. It's a bonus episode. Like you said, it is a bonus episode. So yeah, I have, I would say about, eight years, almost full time, like working from home, something like that. And then a a little extra on top of that. So, okay. And we have several, several tips. And I think uh, I maybe mentioned the little list that I'm looking at here, but what's your number one tip, Elizabeth, for working from home? Just, I mean, what's the first one that comes to mind? The first one that comes to mind is, I think, have sort of a dedicated working space. And as I say this right now, I can see my work laptop where we're sitting and we're in a pretty small apartment right now. It's going to get a little bigger soon, but I think it's important to be able to segment sort of the work day from your just like relaxation and home day. And that can be difficult if space is limited, which it is here. But I think that's my number one tip. You can be tempted to just like keep working or when you get up in the morning 
to turn on your computer right away and to check your emails and to log in and be present. But I think it's important to set those boundaries. That was the number one thing that I had. That was the first thing I wrote down. So you did a really good job there. Thanks. I I think, yeah, you bring up a good point having a space. So I have a, you know, the second bedroom has like an office zone that is, that is mine. And then I end up, you know, doing, doing the work there. Now that wasn't always the case. And I set up in different zones and we actually traveled a decent amount as well. And I would set up a works workspace. So if you, I think if you don't have the extra space, it can be worthwhile to like set it up and like tear it down. So you have like that dedicated spot and you get a couple benefits. One, like you said, you end up like being able to, to shut it down and like turn it off and go away where I can like leave the office and then I'm, I'm in good shape. So I'm not like, Hey, I need to go check my computer again or something like that. But if you take everything down and I used to do this when we were, you know, renting, renting a house or something like that, or doing slow travel and then you turn it off. It's really nice. And I think there's some other like psychological benefit if there's like the room that you always work in and you go in that room and that's where you're thinking about work. And then when you leave it, you can kind of leave it behind. I think I've kind of like, that's not as important for me, but I think maybe I, it's hard for me to stop thinking about something if I've really like latched onto it, maybe. So another important tip that I have noticed this past two weeks be ready to get peer pressured into video chatting at any time. So I think it used to be just like a conflict. Like we were saying before high speed internet was readily available. You would just do a conference call and nobody would think about it. But now <laughs> we've got WebExes and immediately last week, there were, you know, one person turns on their video chat, a conference call, and then they're like, oh, I can see so-and-so. Everybody turned theirs on. I want to see everyone. There were definitely some people who are not prepared for that. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You don't have to wear pants. You know, it's just like the TV news anchors, but like, you know, waist up, you need to be ready to go at any time. It's funny. One of the other... I looked at a couple of lists online just to see what was out there. And I saw someone said, dress up for work to your point. So perhaps you're ready for those random calls. And I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking that, but some people like for whatever reason need to feel like, Hey, I'm putting on clothes. Now I'm a professional now. And I, have slowly degree. I mean, I, you know what? I didn't like dressing up. I think my clothes kind of sucked. Now I wear like fucking black V-neck t-shirt 80% of the time. And then some other stained shirts the rest of the time or workout stuff, but the gym's closed now. So, but yeah, yeah. I I could see like some people are like, Hey, I'm going to get ready. I'm going to do my hair again. Not a thing I got to do. And then (laughs) It puts them in the work mode. Yeah. And I, I see that. So Make the mental switch. And I guess have you have you actually like after you realized, hey, you may have to hop on a video call. So you're like, um, you know, fixing your hair or, you know, doing doing that stuff. Um, I 
A Be little honest. bit. There was one call. There was one time in the past ten days where you know you're on the video chat and you can see yourself, and I and I looked down and I was like, "You do better. You've got to do better than that." And then I did have a video chat um, that the CEO of my company was on this week, and I got up and did my hair, put a little makeup on, and um, got not from the CEO because that would probably be inappropriate, but from a friend that I worked with, I got a little Skype that was like, wow, you look really nice today. So yeah, it, uh, it, it makes a little bit of a difference, but I think I'm going about 50, 50 in terms of getting dressed. Um, you know, just like not in sweats and a sweatshirt, but actually putting on like, like clothes that I might go to work and I'm about 50, 50, mm-hmm. but I, I, I do think it makes a mental difference when I, when I get dressed like an adult. Well, they say dress <laughs> for the job you want, not the job you have, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so another- Dress uh, like a luchador. Yeah, if anybody gets that joke, shoot us an email at <laughs> feedback at Doug.show. Feedback at Doug.show. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So dress like a luchador. <laughs> Google it. Okay, the other- the other thing which totally makes sense to me just in a general sense is have a schedule and like understand when you're going to be working and when you're going to turn it off. Again, I think uh, the tendency maybe is to sit and just keep working. If everyone has their laptops up at home and someone sends a message and someone pings you, like you may hop back on and then it's kind of a never-ending uh, battle, but it's not. That's not a great way to have like a company culture, in my opinion. I mean, most of the places I worked literally did that. <laughs> What's the company culture of the Doug company? Uh, anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> anything goes. Very, very loose here. Very loose, <laughs> uh, but strict. <laughs> <laughs> rule with an iron fist like uh yeah but but flexible you know? <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> loose dress code <laughs> yep so if you have a schedule and, and i mean you you have uh meetings and you have a, a n- normal set of people like you need to interact with um a decent number of folks so have you been able to keep a pretty tight schedule it goes, um, it goes off and on. I think there's a lot going on with my company right now, but, um, yeah, just still sort of easing into it. Definitely normal work hours. I've been able to, I've been able to keep that, but you know, you also realize how much time at the office you waste just chit chatting with friends and, we literally have a water cooler. So going to the water cooler, talking in the kitchen, things like that. And so we're making sort of the company, I think as a whole is making a conscious effort to keep that up. And so I have gotten Skypes from people that say, Hey, I'm virtually walking by your desk right now and saying hello, because that's what would happen at the office. And so we'll just stop what we're doing. And, you know, we'll chat for a few minutes, probably at least half the time something work related comes up. Hey, did you see that? you know, TPS report and what'd you think of it? And we'll talk about it. So yeah. Cool. And you guys did 
like a virtual happy hour and you each told like a little anecdote, right? Something like that. Yeah. The, um, the company right now, they really are making a very concerted effort to keep us connected, to keep us engaged. They're very focused on our mental health right now. It's, it's nice, but yeah, it was my boss actually put, put together the, the virtual happy hour, which was kind of funny. It's Friday today, but it started I think from three 30 to four 30 or three to four. And then it slowly <laughs> kept getting pushed back. And eventually it was like a one 30 to two 30 Friday happy hour because later meetings were conflicting. And so we all got on the call and I thought, well, you know, this isn't really going to be a happy hour. This is just going to be a one hour WebEx of team bonding. And then my boss holds up her beer. Um, and so I was like, well, shoot, we're, we're doing this. So, I, uh, I went and got a beer and we all, yeah, we all just sat around and did not talk one bit about work. Just, cool. just people just hanging out, you know, getting to know each other a little bit better, having a good time. Yeah. And speaking of beer, I need to get a little bit more from the kegerator myself, but can you share the anecdote that you told about your, <laughs> your special talent? Sure. So, yeah. So you were supposed to share something that people didn't know about you, something interesting. And the first guy in our group that went, I don't remember the details, but it was, he basically said, you know, the summer I was 14, I almost died three times. And it wasn't hyperbole, like a hyperbole, hyperbole. Um, he literally almost died three times. Like he got stung by a bee and then he was run over by a bus. It was ridiculous. And so he, he told the story and there's about nine of us on the call and we all looked at each other. We're like, well, um, we can't top that. Right. So then the next guy that goes talks about lighting like a field on fire when he was a kid accidentally, I guess. I don't even really remember that because I'm trying to think what I'm going to say. So like a whole field goes up in flames. I'm like, well, that's arson. That's something good. So um, yeah, my story was when I was in seventh grade, I uh, competed with my friend Emily in the church talent show. We were jugglers and uh, it was choreographed to We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Oh, wow. And yeah, pretty cool. I think everybody was uh, suitably impressed. Yeah. And kind of um, kind of an in-your-face to the guy that started the fire, right? <laughs> That's right. I didn't even think about that. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning. This is a really cool story. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Happy to share that as a group. Okay. So a couple more that I have on my list here. And I just noted as you have to figure out like how you're going to work while other people are around or pets or something like that. So when you're in the office, like everyone should mostly be there to work, I assume. And then if you're working at home and, and now like schools are closed, like yeah. you're working from home, your kids usually would be in school and maybe you have to partially homeschool them. I'm actually not a hundred percent sure like how schools, I'm sure it's different in every state and County and city. If they're giving like any lesson plans or like, here's what we were going to cover, give it your best shot. But I mean, you kind of have to figure out what you're going to do with the kids. And I have no clue. I mean, what are your coworkers doing? Do you have any 
can you share any non-specific things like I think they're all just doing the best they can, honestly. Like I, I don't have any I don't have any firm stories. I know there's some people who are homeschooling anyway and they're still homeschooling. Yeah. And then I think the other folks are just trying to keep the kids occupied as best they can while they go about their business. I I think some of the schools did sort of like a two week delay and then they were getting together their remote curriculum that is going to start being pushed out. Um, but yeah, I can't even imagine having, having children around, but like I said before, Doug and I are in a relatively small place right now. And I think most, um, most of my coworkers with kids and families are in larger houses. And so you can hopefully have a little bit more, um, separation. Yeah, we're we're in a pretty small place for the amount of living things in here. Video games. I just remembered. Video games have been huge for those with kids. Like I think, you know, it seems like most parents try to limit that sort of activity. Um, you know, they don't want their kids sitting in front of the TV all the time, but I think almost everyone I work with, their kids are playing a lot of video games right now. That would be a great sort mm-hmm. of time. I mean, like summer's starting early, basically, because yeah. I mean, potentially people would have to, or kids have to figure out what to, what to do at home anyway. So yeah, very crazy. And then I guess if you have to teach, I know some of our friends, Carl and Mindy, like Carl is home. I, I mean, they're sort of self quarantining anyway, but they have a couple kids and I know Carl was trying to, you know, teach, teach as best he can, uh, for whatever lessons. I don't know what he was working on exactly, but I know that's probably a little stressful. You know, you don't want to get the kids behind and you want to do a good job. Could be frustrating for everybody involved. And speaking of frustration, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It hasn't been too bad. Have I been very distracting, um, for, for your work? No, you've been fine. I think you've been more frustrated that I'm here. Yeah, that's very observant, uh, but <laughs> not not really. I mean, I think just there's more like sometimes if I walk walk out, usually I would just like grab a drink, walk back in. But instead, I get to have a nice, uh, like rewarding, I would say, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, basically, you got to know what to do with your kids, pets, or spouses. Now, one thing is uh, Georgie. She's uh, resting right now on her little pillow and she has been, you know, hanging out with Elizabeth a lot more, but you're also able to take her out for some walks, which is I think good for everybody, right? So it's good for her. You're getting out and then I'm able to like not have to walk her as much. Now I I love walking her. And sometimes we were like, are you going to take her? I was going to take her and then she'll just get like an extra walk sometimes. But I think it's super important to get out there and take those walks. Now I know it's your normal office, right? You make it a point to always walk, right? I do. Yep. I walk pretty much every day unless it's just raining or horribly windy outside. Yeah. And, and our company, as I was saying, you know, trying to keep sort of business as usual, really focusing on mental health. Every year we do a step challenge um, around this time and it starts again on Monday and they're still, um, they're still gonna, they're still gonna do it just like normal. 
they did put a little disclaimer in the entry form that they were not encouraging us to do anything that would expose us to, you know, more virus or go against, you know, government or, or CDC recommendations in terms of social distancing. But yeah, the company supports exercise. That's good. I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, people may be able to get more, more steps in being away from the office. Just, I don't know if people felt like maybe they couldn't go out as much or whatever, but when I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, even way back before we had the the fancy step counters on our phones, or, I mean, this was back when I had like a flip phone, like barely even a cell phone, I would go out and walk just around the campus, like whatever office or client site I was in. And I remember um, I was on this project where I, it was almost like working by myself. I was on this project at uh, Sprint Overland Park and huge campus, beautiful campus, literally no one else on my project for my company in the whole place. So I didn't know anyone. A couple of people onboarded me, but they worked for another consulting company. And basically I talked to him for like two or three days and then I was there by myself. So I would go walk around a couple miles, like during the day, I would go to the farthest cafeteria, um, to get food just so I could walk, walk outside longer. And for me on my normal day. So like I was saying, I think in general, this is how my, my days and weeks go, but I walk Georgie in the morning, work for a few hours, walk her a couple more times, probably hit the gym. So the only difference is the gym is closed. I think it's, um, I don't know, maybe it keeps me a little more sane, even though I'm not around people so much and have a little kind of a weird work working style. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty okay working uh, solo. I know some people really have to have the social atmosphere, be around the office. And I've been just maybe on uh, social media and on YouTube. I see there's a lot of folks talking about like the the mental health aspect of like not going to the office and being stuck at home and all this extra stress out there. But yeah, for whatever reason, um, like just being, being by myself, generally I'm, I'm okay with it. So any observations on that? Seems weird, I guess. No, it's not weird. It's, it's everybody's different. Yeah. Any other thoughts on, uh, just working out of this, uh, little apartment? No, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this unwinds. So there's so many companies, almost all companies now that we've had the shelter in place, but trying to work from home, setting up, um, setting up employees to do so. So I think it's going to be interesting when this gets pulled back and we all do start going back to the office, whether, organizations allow partial work from home on a more regular basis. I think there's been some hesitation to do that. I think there is value to being face-to-face, but I don't think it needs to be all the time. So I'll be interested to see, you know, if I can stay employed through this downturn and if, you know, my company can continue to thrive if when this comes back, if there can be sort of one rotating day at home or something like that for most people, because it is a nice perk. 
um, like you said, to, to not, or you didn't say it on here. You were talking to your mom earlier, but um, Doug's sister and brother-in-law are working from home and they have pretty long commutes. So that's, you know, two hours um, additional in the day for them, just not going back and forth. And that's a nice thing to have. So um, yeah, that's what I'm kind of curious to see as, as if this will sort of fundamentally change the way we think about the workplace. I think my, uh, some of the companies that I worked for in the past, we had the technology and we didn't need to be in the office. And I think it was after we reached the point where we had conference calls with a bunch of people that were supposed to be on it. And uh, most of the people were in the same office. We used to go to a common conference room. So six of us would be in person. We could have the meeting all face-to-face and then another two people would be calling in because they were in a different office. It got to the point where no one went to the conference room because they were, quote, you know, double booked. So they're on two fucking meetings. They're (laughs) multitasking, basically not paying attention to either one. And they're like, I'm so busy. So at some point it reached um, like a critical mass where like no one was meeting in person, even if they were like sitting on the same aisle which was totally weird. So you have people on the same call in the same row and they wouldn't even get together and like go to a conference room. Did you think that made the meetings less effective? Well, probably not, but meetings most of the time like (laughs) fucking waste. So unless you're actually like doing something, I mean, there's great, uh, there's great power in like being able to work together. But I think once you get used to it, you can do all sorts of interesting stuff. Like I launched uh, courses and put together like full products with people that I never even met in person, even to this day. And like we put together something interesting, people bought it, we made money, it was successful, or at least we learned like how to do that part of the process. And uh, yeah, we came up with great ideas, like looking into each other's uh like laptops or we looked into our laptops into each other's eyes. Well, it got, that got weird by the time (laughs) I finished the sentence, but basically those meetings were probably a waste. I think that's the punchline. Gotcha. A lot of meetings. And then I think about the huge meetings that I used to hold with say 50 people or something. And like knowing, uh, let's just assume I'm going to make up numbers, but let's say, everyone's billed out at $250 per hour. I can't even do the math there, but what is that? One is $125,000 for like an hour long meeting. That seems crazy. And then like you're barely getting, or it's like you're barely getting anything done. $12,000. Yeah. 12,5. Well, I did (laughs) did the hard part, you know, 25 (laughs) times five. Well, what's that's in, not easy. And half of those people at least weren't even paying attention. I think that is one of the best things about the video chat capability on the WebExes now is they can see your face. So you can see when someone's not paying attention to the meeting. So, I mean, I guess it's a good and a bad thing. But, um, you know, if you're going to have a meeting and someone's they they have the ability to look at you just like if you were in a conference room. Mm-hmm. So you can't be doing three different things at the same time or your laundry, which I'll admit, you know, I'd be on conference calls on mute doing my laundry or doing the dishes or whatever, but 
with, you know, with a video screen can't do that. I don't know. It'll be cool. I, um, I think it's, I think it's very interesting. I think, um, hopefully more companies will be open to the idea of at least partial work from home after this is all said and done, which is hopefully soon. Yeah. I think they'll, they'll have to like through this process and figure, I mean, obviously there's some roles and some jobs where it's probably not best to do that very often, but I'm sure there's some stuff. There's always admin. There's always like those, those sort of things where you do just kind of have to sit down by yourself and get some stuff done. So, and actually we'll quick digression, but related. So there's some people that are like, I couldn't, couldn't work from home. I got to be around people, but also I just get distracted and I, I don't know, they like watch TV or something like that. But do you have any tips for people that just have trouble focusing? I'm the wrong person to ask for tips on people who have trouble focusing. Cause my answer would just be focus up. Yeah. Same here. I um, think, I think what actually I do like when I think you had talked about this previously, time boxing things is a great tool, I think, to help you focus. So like for the next hour, I'm going to do X. And so to set yourself a goal and a time and just to sit down and do that, I think you, we've talked about this before, like turn your email off, don't check your email. Um, Lock your phone in the refrigerator yeah. or something. Yeah. So time boxing is a good, a good tool when you have trouble. I think just only working on one thing for a short amount of time can get you in the right zone. And then a lot of times you could work on it longer. So if you're like, Hey, I'm going to do 30 minutes. Once you get started, probably by minute 25, you're like, all right, I'm in, you're in that sort of flow state. You're not paying attention to time and you could work maybe for another hour. Typically, once you get going, you get working much faster than when you're like partially distracted and like your phone just dinged. Like apparently I didn't turn my ringer off and my family's <laughs> sending like a string of reply alls on these text messages, which is kind of nice, you know, just to hear from them, but should have muted the phone. So anyway, those distractions pop up and then you get pulled off your task and it takes a what, 20 minutes to get back on task, they say, if you like are truly like distracted for like a minute or something like that. So if you could do the time boxing stuff, uh, a lot of times people ask me about motivation. Like, how do you keep motivated when you don't know if something's going to work? And then do the, people ask you that too? No, I pointed at myself because you got a drill sergeant for a wife. That's how you stay motivated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I was always, um, yeah, I was always sort of trying to, do busy stuff and come up with little projects and just like working on things, even if I didn't have to. So I'm the wrong person to ask about motivation because typically I'm self-driven and I'm a self-starter. <laughs> it's like, I'm going out for a job here. Yeah. I'm a self-starter. I'm highly motivated. I could work with little direction, but that is all <laughs> true. When you put a problem in front of me, I'll figure out how to solve it. Like, <laughs> like we have this problem. We're going to be moving soon. So this is kind of going to close us out here, but we're moving soon, like in a week and we we're moving very close. We're not actually going to pack up a ton of stuff, but one thing we have to do is empty the kegerator. <laughs> so there's some beer in there that we got to finish. Elizabeth um, actually did a really good job. Thank she you, finished one of the kegs just earlier today. So Focus. We're, 
yeah, focus. You got to have that determination. We're going to time box it <laughs> right now. <laughs> We're going to finish that fucking keg. Well, I got to give some credit to my boss for scheduling a 1.30 happy hour. That helped. <laughs> Yeah, and we're recording this much later in the day, so. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining me on this bonus episode, Elizabeth. Much, uh, much appreciated. Absolutely. See you later. Bye.